0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Keep Sports Now. The Keep Bad Times is only all sports, all local podcasts. I'm Steve Didier and alongside Matt Goisman. Matt, it's April Fool's Day. Tom Brady's already trying to fool us all with tweets mm-hmm. of uh, he's retiring. Uh, for anyone who's seen that tweet, it's a joke. He's just joining Twitter, and uh, hopefully not too many people get a scare from that.
1: Knowing Boston media, somebody probably will, <laughs> uh, you know. They've once fooled fooled the Herald by pretending to be Tom Brady's agent. So anything is possible (laughs) in this uh, neck of the country. But we're happy to be back. Everything we tell you is going to be true, probably. Uh, And uh, this week, it's the second week of the regular season. Baseball is getting underway this week. Pretty much all the other sports have already had some matches. We've seen some tennis. You've covered some lacrosse. You've covered some softball. Uh, But baseball is the one sport that's kind of waiting to get underway. And because... We were blessed with decent weather in the spring. We're actually going to have games right away to start baseball season.
0: Yeah, that was the one constant I heard from coaches that were playing already. Just compared to last year when we were still kind of removing snow or mm-hmm. snow was off to the side. We've had really great weather to start the year. I mean, it's still, you know, nice and crisp, you know, especially when the sun starts to go down. But, but
1: that's unavoidable. At least the fields are dry.
0: Exactly. And fields look good just about across the board. So, um should be good to go. Get get the season rolling.
1: Absolutely, and a lot of teams are going to have big games right off the bat. Starting today, Barnstable it's season opener is at Sandwich. That's four p.m. I think that's the game I'm going to be going to. So if you see me, come say hi. This is uh, as I said, the season opener for both teams. Both teams were playoff teams last year. Barnstable has been a playoff mainstay for a number of years. Sandwich was the Atlantic Coast League champion. So a real good kind of early test, I think, for both uh, the Red Raiders and the Blue Knights.
0: Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Barnstable going to be the home team for this one? Because I think they're playing twice this year at Sandwich.
1: They are. I don't uh, know that off the top of my head. It might be right. this one. It might be that one. Because the Barnstable varsity field is under construction, their schedule is going to be real crazy. They're going to be at uh, Lowell. Park, which is the Katua Ketalier's home field later this week. They're going to play a couple of games on the Barnstable JV field, but there's also going to be a number of times where they'll play the same team twice at the the away team's um, field, but they'll be the home team for one of them. So if it's not this game, Barnstable does play Sandwich again later, and they'll be the home game for that one. You know, I think we'll see Casey and Ryan Proto probably as your uh, pitcher and catcher respectively. The question for Sandwich is how do they replace Nick Hire, who was their ace last year? I expect Tyler Whittaker will have a you know a good season for Sandwich. He's one of their offensive leaders last year. He's one of their emotional leaders. I expect to see more very loud hits and and loud play from him mm-hmm. uh, and but Barnstable. They've got their ace back. They've got their offensive leader back. They've got their D1 commit back. You know, Ryan Proto's going to go to UMass Lowell next year. So this will be a good, good early test for both teams, I think.
0: Yeah, we'll see how the Barnstable respond to a new manager, Dave Foraker. Clearly, you know, a lot of hype coming mm-hmm. into the season. He, he's built, They turned a lot of programs around. And Barnstable's not necessarily a program. that need's turning around. I think it's a program that's just looking to take a step to the next level. So definitely, it, it's going to start with game one. And, and mm-hmm. we'll see how he manages this group, especially if it's coming down to the last few innings, see... How he calls for situational plays. Barnstable is usually not afraid to play a little small ball. No, definitely some guys, not. If not to sacrifice, to just get on base. So I'm sure, you know, Foraker could be aggressive and um, going after it like that.
1: I think they won at least two games last year on sacrifice bunts. Oh,
0: squeeze plays, right? Yeah, squeeze yeah. plays.
1: You know, one drew an error, but that was what the call was. So, you know, that was a different coach, obviously. But Coach Foraker... He's been doing this for so long. I mean, he long decades with Brockton, but also Whitman Hanson, Oliver Ames, college experience, UMass Dartmouth most recently. So I think he kind of knows how to construct a team, any kind of team based on what the talent is. Uh, I think uh, Barnstable does have some speed, so we could see small ball. And, you know, he talks a lot about controlling second base, keep opposing runners at first, keep them off second, and steal your way to second and getting scoring position whenever you can. So, if they've got the talent for that, I think we definitely could see small ball.
0: Right. Definitely one thing I like about the early part of the schedule is you get a lot of conference games
1: right off mm-hmm. the bat,
0: especially with the Atlantic Coast League. And yeah. you're going to see Wednesday found with a Dennis Yarmouth, a rematch of last year's Division Two South semifinals that Absolutely. was played as uh, Mass Maritime. Great you know, matchup between these two teams. Um, and really a lot of questions when you look at both teams. There's certainly the potential mm-hmm. for, for both sides, but it's a question of you know who's going to really take control of things early on and how is their pitching going to hold up. I mean, when you look at Falmouth, um, you get returning talent across the board. Chris Parito, Max Roman, Colby Davis, these are all guys who really were tremendous in the postseason last year yes. and, and, and pulled that team through. But then, um, you know, you look at Dennis Yarmouth's side, you still got Cam Talbert, who we've talked about, Max uh Charlie McCaffrey. McCaffrey really high up as a leader um, mm-hmm. for Coach Stevens. Yeah.
1: yeah, we're captains last year. You know, so returning talent for both teams for sure. I, I probably like Falmouth a little bit more in this one, but I could definitely see this game going either way. Got to remember, in the Atlantic Coast League last year, there were three teams that tied for third, uh, second with a four and four record. Mm-hmm. Falmouth was among them, and then Dy at three and five in the league was last. But that's one game, so. You know, you take this game right now, that's a huge first step towards winning what might be the last Atlantic Coast League baseball uh, title.
0: Right. Um, the big thing for Falmouth, too, is just seeing how they how they go at it without that big bat of Gates-Kelleher mm-hmm. right in that three and sometimes four spot. Yes. Um, we'll see how they can, you know, kind of fill in for that because clearly, you know, Kelleher was a guy who can put the ball in the gap and get you those um, and knock in those runs in key situations if they can get guys on early. So we'll see who kind of steps in and, Hits in that three spot because mm-hmm. that's going to be really
1: key for Falmouth. Speaking of teams that made the semifinals last year, so on Thursday we're going to see the start of uh, baseball for both Mashpee and St. John Paul. The two, they were league champions last year, Mashpee in the South Shore League, uh, St. John Paul in the Cape and Islands League. They both made the Division Four South semifinals up in Plymouth, uh, and then they both lost in that round. Uh, you know, Matchby is at Hall at 4 p.m. Uh, to start league play. St. John Paul plays Sturgis West in Cape and Islands League. That's games at Cape Cod Academy, uh, which is in Osterville. Lions and Falcons both lost some pretty big names from last year. So I think if these teams are going to continue their dominance of their leagues, which they both have done for the last... I mean, St. John Paul's r- ruled the Cape and Islands basically since the program started. But, you know, for these teams to continue... St. John Paul needs a new ace because Devin Harrison graduated last year. Among Mashpee's graduates were Zach Landry and Michael Frazier, who are both playing sports at the next level this year. So if these guys are going to continue, new talent is going to have to step up. So I think both of these teams might look a little bit younger than they did last year. And we'll see kind of how strong these programs are at, at creating new talent and just cycling them through.
0: No, absolutely. And we've seen what Ryan Swords has been able to do, stepping in, you know, for Mark Santos. Now missing a beat. Yeah, Right, exactly. And, of, of course, a big product that last year was having Harrison, you know, as an ace, but also as a, as a pretty decent bat in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be a little different for SGP this year, kind of playing a home away from home at Mass Maritime, but... You know, it's a nice, nice setup over there. And, um, it's a beautiful field. <laughs> right, and and I, I think they'll they'll manage Cape and Islands the competition just fine. It's going to be more interesting to see when they play. I think they get a few non-league games this year, but it's not many. So
1: I mean, with when you're in the Cape and Islands, most right. of your season has got to be Cape and Islands teams. Mm-hmm. The benefit for St. John Paul is that Mass Maritime uses a turf field, which mm-hmm. is where uh, – I'm drawing a blank if the semifinals last year were Plymouth North or Plymouth South, but it was also an artificial field there. Right. And both Mashpee and Saint John Paul struggled with that surface. The they, different
0: balances and stuff the like bounces.
1: Uh, you know where the outfielders were positioned. They didn't quite know how the ball was going fast was going to roll to them. I think a, a whole season of playing on an artificial field could actually give them an advantage uh, if they can get that far in the playoffs again this year.
0: Right. So again, you said they start off Thursday, 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's uh, move on to softball, shall we?
1: Yeah. So you saw uh, Sandwich softball over the weekend. Sandwich and uh, right, you were at that game. Yep. And them and Sturgis East—they're the only softball teams that have played so far. They both made the playoffs last year, so I was a little surprised to see them kind of get routed a bit in their season openers. But it should be said, Middleborough beat Sandwich twice last year, and then made the Division Two South finals. So clearly a very strong softball program. It's Wareham, which beat up Sturgis East, Wareham's a non-league opponent. I would say it's way too early to draw too many conclusions, although in both of those games, errors were a huge problem. And obviously that's something both the Storm and the Blue Knights could work on cutting down moving forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sandwich was the two things. It was the fielding errors. And granted, Sandwich is working with two eighth graders in the starting lineup, including yeah. Sophia Bruno at first base, taking over for a senior last year. So it takes a little bit of time to get that communication and all that timing stuff down. I mean, Rain Rain Tooney's been or excuse me, Rain Turley. truly yeah. It's um, been an experienced you know pitcher. It's nice having that lefty kind of throws teams off a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, row, clearly a talented team, was able to kind of figure out and you know put contact, put the ball in play, and take advantage of that. And then offensively, I think Sandwich they did get hits at times. They just weren't able to knock in runs in timely mm-hmm. situations. Um, seventh inning, by then it was probably a little too late. But they had the bases loaded with no outs. But then committed three straight outs. So. Yeah, you know, you got to take advantage when you have, you know, ducks on the pond, uh, for lack of a better term.
1: For sure, but you don't want to be behind by as much as they were heading into the seventh inning. Uh, You know, Sandwich, they got another big test coming up on Wednesday where they play Marshfield, who were the ACL champions last year. At that same time, we got uh, Falmouth hosting Dennis Yarmouth in softball. That's another huge Atlantic Coast League showdown. DY beat Falmouth twice in the regular season, but then in the Cape Cod showdown in the first round, Molly Bruce – from Falmouth outpitched Abby Hicks uh, and Falmouth was clearly the better team in that game. I would expect both of those two to pitch in this one as well. Falmouth does play today, but softball pitchers don't need quite the same amount of recovery time as baseball pitchers do. I, I don't know why that is. I'm not sure if it's just the pitching motion is less like fatiguing on an arm, mm, yeah. but they're playing a non-league opponent uh, first. And I don't expect either Bruce will pitch both games or, or they'll save her for next tomorrow. Uh, for I'm sorry for Wednesday because the Wednesday game is the one that really matters, right?
0: And you know, with softball, you get to see a little bit of Dennis with play up and born. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at this team versus you know the last couple of years, what what did you just get from initial impressions well, of the Hicks, squad?
1: Hicks looked really confident. I mean, you know, she looked very com- comfortable in the circle. She threw strikes. Uh, she threw real well. You know, her and her, uh, you know, the rest of the team. I think they're in a pretty good pace with each other. The McGaffigans are just good at everything. <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to probably play baseball next and then yeah, rugby yeah. after that just to see if they're good at that sure, too. why not? You know, so this is a deep lineup that can hit well. That's very fast. I mean, they stole, I want to say, seven bases and took another four or five pass balls. So they can hit with power. They can run. I mean, this is a good, well-built kind of balanced team. We'll see how they handle the regular season. I think teams like Falmouth and Marshfield may be bigger challenges than Bourne this year, uh, but certainly in that scrimmage, D.Y. was in complete control the whole time. Right.
0: Um, also this week, Barnstable is going to open up um, with with a league game as well, playing Dartmouth on, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, It'll be the first chance to see if the, if the Red Raiders can really get that turnaround because it's been a program that's been a bit in decline and for a while for um, yeah. a few seasons now. Curious if Ryan, I know you talked with her a bit on the first day yeah, of practices. Yeah, Ryan, the new head coach. Right. If she had any idea of what the the idea to to turn things
1: around is. I mean, she talked about what a lot of coaches talk about on the first day, which is, you know, evaluating fundamentals, getting to know her team. You know, to talk the sense I got is she's definitely impressed with the effort and but whether that will translate to success on the field, who knows. She's a pretty young head coach is just out of college. So hopefully that might mean it's easier for her and her players to relate to each other. Cause they're mm-hmm. a little closer in age. Players than manager. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's like 60 years difference between Dave Foraker and some of his players, even though he was like joking around with them and, and very quickly building a good rapport with them. Julia Ryan, there's like eight or 10 years tops. So mm-hmm. maybe that, that has an effect. But again, I, Barnstable has been just kind of the also-ran in the old Colony League in softball, so it's going to be a big step up if they can start winning some league games. Uh, and then kind of also with softball, we got Monomoy. They are probably – yeah, they're the favorites to win the Cape and Islands League again, at least in my book. Nantucket is always a challenge, but I don't know how you pick against Molly Charest. So they are going to play Surgis West on Tuesday. That's at Lopes Field in Hyannis, which is like a half a mile from our office. It's basically across the street from the harbor. Uh, and that's on Tuesday. And then they are home against rising tide on Thursday. First two games with sure and her new catcher, Caroline De Giovanni. Sambar is going to Simmons next year. I expect good stuff out of her too. So I don't know if these are going to be the two toughest league games they're going to play, but they're going to be their first two. And obviously you want to get off on the right foot.
0: Right. And these teams I mean, and the big thing with softball too, is, you know, Monomoy is very familiar with this field. They play there multiple times throughout oh, the yeah. year playing the Sturgises and mm-hmm. a couple other schools. So, I mean she's well familiar with playing on the field the footing all that stuff so mm-hmm. and she usually pitches really well there so
1: yeah Lopes field is a real it's a very compact field there's mm-hmm. very little foul territory uh, you know there's so there's not a lot of room for balls to roll so it it's really one of those fields where if the pitcher can control the game there's very little the offense can do yeah
0: mm-hmm. um, move over to lacrosse Yeah, now. let's move over to lacrosse. Certainly the big game that I've circled on my calendar for this week in girls lacrosse is Falmouth at Sandwich at Absolutely. 4 p.m. Thursday. You know, it was an epic battle in Sandwich that went to OT last year with Falmouth winning, but, you know, Sandwiches looked pretty good in the preseason and has a lot of high hopes, especially led by Sam Garassi, um, Tatum La Rochelle, Macy Missy White, wait. Hanlon O'Neill, and then their goal their goalie Morgan Howes is back. with they scrimmage Saturday against Falmouth Academy, a team they're actually going to play in the regular season nice. later this year. Um, and from what I've heard, cause I wasn't there, but, uh, you know, talking with Falmouth Academy's coach, you know, Falmouth might've been holding a few players back, but the match was pretty even. Mm-hmm. Apparently Falmouth Academy really held its own and I, I guess it was winning at times. So, um, maybe that's not the greatest news if you're Falmouth, yep. but at the same time, you know, you still have Quinn O'Rourke, a player we're really interested to see play her senior year over 80 goals last year. What's really interesting about her play. She's really good at, um, not only the isolations, but earning those free position shots mm-hmm. because I think unguarded, she's unstoppable. She's able to get those fakes, get the goalie moving one way and then shooting the other. And in in girls lacrosse, that's a huge thing is earning those free position shots and then taking advantage of those. And definitely, she doesn't miss a lot of those shots. She gets a mm-hmm. free position shots. I say seventy five, eighty percent of the time she's going to score, or found with it at least going to get a goal off of a rebound or something mm-hmm. like that. So. That um, I means sandwich is really going to have to be all over her, not giving her that time, time and space. Right. Making somebody else take those shots, and then also sandwich is going to have to attack Falmouth's young defense. They got a new goaltender in there. They're going to have some some other players that are going to be kind of pushing up and helping. Lindsey Balsman's good in the midfield, but I think she's going to be trying to mark some of sandwich's other attack attack players. So um, I think sandwich should be able to win this one. It would certainly make a good statement early on in the year that. Hey, I think we're the team to beat in the Atlantic Coast League, but mm-hmm. it's early on, and, and I think you just got to take—they got to take one game at a time and go from there. And that's not the opener either. I mean, they do have—they both teams play Tuesday in their season opener. Falmouth is going to host Dy a Game. Falmouth, I think, should win, get yeah. off on the right foot, and then Sandwich is going to visit Marsh, Marshfield, which would be a real tough game. So mm-hmm. that could be the one downside of is coming off a tough, grinded-out game with Marshfield. Maybe they don't come out with the same energy against Falmouth, but. Mm-hmm. Certainly they're gonna have to bring it this week because really no easy games when you play in that league.
1: Definitely. And then the last team in the ACL, Nosets, so they start off their Tuesday, that's at Plymouth South, and then they host Marshfield in another ACL showdown that's on Thursday. So they've got Matty Daly, who scored fifty-eight goals last year, you know, for a Nosset team that wasn't we didn't talk about quite as much in the sort of the race for the ACL crown, but they were a playoff team. They are definitely a team that's been very competitive in uh, the girls lacrosse for the last few years, kind of more so than in uh, field hockey, uh, even though it's pretty similar rosters. This is NASA team, team to maybe keep an eye on that they could surprise people again this year.
0: Yeah, perhaps. I mean, they lost a few seniors, so it'll we'll see how that kind of restructures. But I think mm-hmm. NASA, in a sense, is almost a victim of its own division sometimes, and definitely yeah. that's the case with DY with the cross. But. Um, you know, NASA does have a pretty good non conference record, and I think that buoys them each year. So mm-hmm. we'll see how Daly comes back. Um, clearly, she's going to be their leader. And, um, man, yeah, I mean, you yeah, can't roll them out. I mean, w- with any team this early on in the year, they just want to stay as healthy as possible, get the best players on the field, and let them decide it out. Because, you know, if a couple of these players go down, maybe Daly and NASA could steal one. Mm-hmm. You-, you never really know for sure. So, um,. That's that's the ACL for girls across. T- uh, today, Monday, we're going to have a, a interesting matchup. Falmouth Academy is going to launch against uh, Situate. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, actually, Falmouth Academy did play last week. Um, they're going to start this week off by playing Situate, Division I team, uh, number nine seed in the tourney last year. But, you know, as I mentioned prior, Falmouth Academy looked pretty good against Falmouth, and if that's the case, I can't necessarily rule it out against them. I mean, Falmouth Academy dominated its opener, twenty to nine, against Nantucket, which mm-hmm. I think many of us thought might have been the second best team for girls across. Or excuse me, probably the third best team now that Martha's Vineyards in. Yeah. Uh, for girls across, so um,
1: that would be a fun know, matchup when Falmouth Academy and Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, but you know, the big thing with Falmouth Academy is a lot of people thought they might have it down here, but you know, look at Ainsley Ramsey going out and starting with nine goals, four assists. Yep. I mean, Ramsey's really a player. I, I think we've really looked, found with Academy and Ramsey, and Ramsey's felt like a player who's kind of been overshadowed over the years, playing because behind Jane Early Jane and, Early, and yeah. Eliza Van Voorhees, but she's really been that great secondary option. And mm-hmm. Being able to play with both of those players, I think, really helps the leadership and be like, you know, I play with two. I played with two college players who were playing at the, really a high-level Division three school. I mean, Van Voorhees is playing soccer and. Right and lacrosse, but at the same time, these were really good athletes, and I mm-hmm. think she learned a lot from playing with them. So I think that'll help with the leadership role this year.
1: Definitely. I mean, Ramsey, she comes from the same club background that Jane Early did. They mm-hmm. both played Laxachusetts, not on the same teams, but you know, it's a very intense, highly selective, and competitive club program in the state. In you know, Ramsey is a really, really good player, and yeah, she got overshadowed a little bit because Jane Early scored the second most goals in like Nat in state history and was, I think finished in the top 10 or maybe even top five nationally. So yeah, obviously we're going to talk a lot about her. Ramsey was really good last year. She hit at least one major milestone last year. This is her team to take as far as she can. And I, Definitely think she has the talent to do it.
0: Right. And a couple other players have been coming up around her. Maria Medeiros had four mm-hmm. goals on in, in the win against Nantucket. And then eighth grader Ava Russell scored nine seconds into the game for her first varsity goal. What a way to start.
1: There you go. <laughs> to start
0: your varsity career. But uh, she ended up with three goals in that game. So there's certainly complimentary talent around Ramsey. So mm-hmm. look out for the Mariners because, again, I mean, I still think it's it's their league in a sense. And, again, yeah, with Addie Heyman and Marcus Vineyard, it's going to be very interesting to see when these two teams play each other. But mm-hmm. – you know, when that game happens, it'll happen. But for the time being, I'm really interested to see how Falmouth Academy does against a Division One tournament team like Situate. You know, these kind of South Coast teams seem to dominate in lacrosse. So it'll certainly be a good test to see where they stack up. Mm-hmm.
1: Over in on boys lacrosse now, we've been talking a lot about the ACL just because, I mean, it's four Cape teams and it's for the bigger schools on the Cape. We got another one. We got Sandwich Falmouth on Thursday. Uh, this time the boys are going to be the host team. The Falmouth boys are going to be the host team. New scoreboard for the Clippers, but another big game they don't want to give away.
0: Yeah, it's nice you said. I mean, you mentioned the scoreboard. You know, it's just interesting in past years you'd have the manual timekeeper and uh, yeah. flip scoreboard. It's a little bit nicer now. They got a new scoreboard up in mm-hmm. that uh, field out in the front over there. But anyway, on the on the game side, um, Sandwich kind of got dealt some bad news uh, in the preseason. Tim Ladner's down with a knee injury. Ooh, Ladner's their face-off that's guy. A huge loss and. You know, looking at last week with Sandwich open, they lost they lost thirteen to five to Norwell, which is you know very solid team. They were in the Division Three South finals last year, Mm -hmm. but clearly not having their face off guy was huge detriment to this squad. Um, When you look at Sandwich, you know they do have a couple solid attackmen and CJ Wiper and Charlie Chapman guys we talked about in football Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, Carson Schemenauer who's coming off a great hockey season as yeah. a goaltender, he's starting in goal for them, so he's still kind of getting used to the game a little bit.
1: But I think the momentum of his winner should carry over because he was a huge reason Sandwich right. did as well as it did.
0: But I think the problem with Sandwich is without kind of that really solid face off guy, they're trying to readjust now and you know, defending more often off the draw than not. So yeah. um I think that'll be a little downside coming off a foul with team that again, within last year's Division Two South final has a ton of talent coming back um, with Colin Almeida, Liam Enigas, who were both big in with season mm-hmm. opener against Bishop staying on Thursday at 12:10, come come-from-behind win. So um, clearly those guys playing well in the clutch situations and getting Falmouth off on the right foot. Um, Jack Hamilton was tested in goal, but he made quite a bit of saves, and um, it's a good sign, I think, for Falmouth moving forward that you know he's stepping up and he's going to really take that number one goalie position and not let it go. So I think Falmouth should be able to get the win in this one, especially if Ladner's not back. Uh, But it'll be a physical contest. I mean, both these teams have a little leftover stuff from hockey, I think. Some, not necessarily scores to be settled, but, you know, definitely uh, someone gets hit, they want to stick up for their teammates. So we'll we'll see how that plays out uh, on Thursday. But, again, both teams are going to play Tuesday. Um, So Sandwich is going to host Marshfield. That's going to be a real physical game, as always. And then Phelps is going to visit D.Y., a game again it should should be able to win. But, um, you know, we'll go from there. And like I said, it's nice to see all these uh, league games happening early on. Sure.
1: Uh, meanwhile, Barnstable, they got a couple, they got three games this week. So, you know, Chris Witten's squad not wasting any time. They What is it? It's Tuesday at home against Silver Lake, Friday, D.Y., and then Nosset on Saturday, and they're all home games?
0: Yeah, from what I saw. So um, a lot of questions around this team, you know. A tough loss for them in Zeb Tilton, who was a junior last year, but he went to Phillips Exeter Academy to play mm-hmm. football. You know, great honor for him. He was one of the best athletes, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's come through Barnesville in recent years. Um, you know, and, and there's some holes on this team. Ryan Wells and Spencer Jones were the leaders last year. And it kind of opens the door for a lot of players. Some of these guys who play hockey, guys mm-hmm. like Will Martone, should mix up front, guys like uh, Nolan Arescue, Aiden O'Neill, Tim Story, another hockey player. And Dylan Jones. Um, Sophomore Jack Needham and freshman, or excuse me, yeah, Jack Needham and Michael Bridges split time and goal last year. They're one year older, so we'll kind of see who gets to start there. But definitely a lot of questions, again, with this team. They only won five games last year, missed a tournament for just the second time under Mm -hmm. Whidden. And there's a really legit question going forward Is this the last year that Whidden's coaching this team? Because he just took the football head coach position at Plymouth North and. As I can imagine, he's trying to keep tabs on off-season stuff over there, and um, maybe he moves elsewhere after this year. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But um, certainly, Barnstable is going to try to win the last. It looks like the end of the Maritime League and for boys lacrosse because they obviously add New Bedford to the Old right. Colony League. So um, Barnstable like to finish up on top for this one, but it's not going to be easy.
1: No, I mean, this definitely a team that will need to take a big step forward from last year. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Bourne, they op- they're going to they're going to have their n- nearby neighbor, Upper Cape. Uh, that's at 3.30 p.m. today, and then MASH P on Friday. Bourne and Upper Cape, very close to each other geographically, but I predict if you're actually trying to drive from one to the other, leave a lot of time because <laughs> the construction around the bridge is brutal. Um, I was at Bourne for that DY softball scrimmage, and just getting back to Route 6 was really, really tough.
0: Yeah, so, leave early. If yeah, you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so give yourself – you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, even if you're only driving, like, one mile. Uh, but, I mean, born they have a ton of the kids back from the hockey season who, you know, are probably feeling pretty good after that. You've got Max S., Christian Malkern, you know, you still have Joe DeMonda. Colin, uh, so, Born looking very solid this year, I think.
0: Yeah, on the defensive end, Joe DeMonda is definitely going to lead the way. Guys like Colin Crowley, Logan Hawks, Um Definitely be counted on to slow down opponents. You know, I think Bourne should be able to get two wins here, get the season off on the right foot. And Mm -hmm. I really don't see a lot of obstacles for this team this year. They're going to play whole. It'll be interesting, again, as we talked last week, when they played Nasset twice. But I think Bourne should be the better team in in both those matchups. And very likely can earn a number one, if not a number two seed. But certainly, it's going to be competition there. Nantucket, a team I got to see Saturday, looked really strong. Mm-hmm. Similarly, you know, a lot of scores are back this year for Nantucket. You got Ty Harness, figure yep. Spencer West, um, you know, all those guys. You get goaltender, um, get your goaltender back, and then the defense is physical. A lot of like a lot of carryover from hockey, like kind of like born. So um, we'll see how these teams. How they pan out in postseason success. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate part is, it seems like as every year you usually run into Co- Cohasset and Norwell, yeah, <laughs> and that seems to put a damper on things. So, you know, you can only control what you can control right now, but I-, I expect big things out of both of those squads
1: for sure. Want to wrap it up with tennis and a little bit of golf?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely similar storylines when you look at the you know, teams. Teams that we didn't even really get to last week was. Falmouth boys tennis and then Nosset girls tennis. Yeah. Both of those teams were undefeated in the regular season last year. Mm-hmm. Falmouth really a lot of holes in this team yeah. from last year, especially with your number one player Brian S. He's gone. Great career at Falmouth. Um, but then you also had Ben Helfrick who didn't lose a set, I believe, in the regular season at third singles. Mm-hmm. Was really dominant there. Those seniors are gone. And then you also lost your senior doubles team of Luke Knox and Wes Garland.
1: That's a lot of holes, sure, place. I mean Absolutely. that's three points right there that were pretty Pretty much guaranteed, at least during the regular season.
0: And then Matt Peace, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, is a sophomore. He'll likely fill in. I think at the top spot Mm -hmm. should be his his to lose. While uh, Max Carter, who played second doubles, those two are the only returning starters from last year's team. So certainly have to be new guys kind of stepping up and, and filling that role there.
1: Definitely. With the Nosset girls also went undefeated, uh, you know, and then they had kind of a, a much shorter run through the postseason than I think they were expecting. They lost Bevan Burns and Caroline Donahue. Those are big losses, but they do get back a bunch of all-stars. Gabby Didoli, Kelly Carlin, Sophia Calderon, Reagan Meehan, Akina Rank, they should all be back this year. So I think the lineup will shuffle a little bit, but I think – that first round loss despite being the number one seed in Division two South last year will definitely be some motivation for them. you know we could get that kind of Martha's Vineyard Nousset matchup this postseason that we kind of wanted last year but we obviously didn't wind up getting uh, but I think those two teams are probably gonna jockey for two of the top seeds. We uh, want. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was
0: going to say we did get to see some tennis action last week. You were yeah. at Martha's Vineyard season opener. They look strong as ever, pretty much. Yeah,
1: they. I mean, you know, Martha's Vineyard. This is their first year in the Cape and Islands League. That's a much bigger conference than the one they were in last year, which means they're playing 16 games. 14 of them are going to be against Cape and Islands League teams, and then the other two are Barnstable. So they're not playing Sharon. They're not playing some of the really good off Cape competition that they've tried to get a few matches in in years past. I re- I mean, Surges West is probably going to be pretty good this year. They they won also their opener, but I don't see Martha's Vineyard losing. I honestly don't think they're going to lose any league games. So at worst, they're going to go fourteen and two. I think there's a better than fifty percent chance they're going to go sixteen and zero, and it's going to be them probably as the number one seed in Division Two. We'll see how then they handle the postseason, but I don't see Kelly. Uh, Claren losing it all at one singles. I don't see Victoria Scott losing it all at two singles. I really don't even know if anybody can beat Hannah Rabaska, who is a really solid third singles player and looked much more comfortable from last year to, to this year. And then your doubles teams, you know, nothing is going to replace what they lost in Lizzie Williamson uh, and Cat Roberts, but Cheska Quinlan Potter and Molly Pogue looked very solid at one th- uh, doubles and then Alex Rigo, she's got some varsity experience at two doubles, so that should help anchor Tessa Hammond, who's the newcomer to the team. But when six of your seven are back from the state championship team, you're in pretty solid shape.
0: Right. What did you think? I think is it Returner Scott's father? I think coaching the team now. Yeah. What did you just think of? I know you interviewed both of them, but just seeing that cl- you mentioned Scott looked a little more comfortable. You know, what what did you see of uh, Coach Scott and his um, just handling of the team and stuff like that? <laughs>
1: I mean I, I think Coach Scott knows that he's sort of he's got a team that, that can not can run itself, but it, it's definitely all these kids kind of know what varsity tennis is. Most of them have been playing since they were little kids through Vineyard. It was youth tennis at the time, now it's Vineyard family tennis, which he is the executive director of. So he knows these this whole roster very, very well. Obviously Victoria is his daughter. Uh so he knows and and most of them, you know, he knows where they're gonna where they should play. In tennis, most teams will do what are called ladder matches or ladder challenges, where if you can win your matches in practice, you take the varsity spots. So it's not like there are talented kids waiting in the wings. The best kids generally win out in practice, and then they get to start. So, you know, if somebody can step up and beat these guys, any of these players, we might see some changeover in the starting lineup. But I'm pretty sure he's got the best seven players playing for him. And when you're coaching in varsity tennis, you can't really talk to your players during matches anyway except in during little breaks. breaks. or
0: changeovers, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's not like he's got to make substitutions on the fly or anything like that mm-hmm. anyway.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, definitely be interesting. And in, in looking at the boys' side, I think it would be a little bit more competitive this year mm-hmm. with Sturgis West and Sturgis East breaking. I think West got off to a pretty strong start.
1: Yeah, almost everybody from last year was a West kid. I right. know Wealthy's the only one who goes to East, so pretty much that whole team is, is back. And I think it's going to be them or Martha's Vineyard competing on the boys side for the league title as well.
0: Yeah. sjp has got usually a pretty good team too. You have, um, the, the latter half of the twins, you had, uh, JP, um, oh, why am I blanking on his last name? All of a sudden, the older brother played for the team last year. Um, yeah, I should know. I did the story on his team last year. Um, but they have a really good solid player, you know, coming back. And, um, but he was I, at third I, singles last year. He should move up, I
1: think, to first. I agree, but I think just search Swesson and Martha's right. Junior boys, they just have more depth of talent coming back. Um, you know, which one of them will win out when they face each other? I, who knows? But, um, you know, I just think if you look at who Martha's Junior have coming back, which is six of the seven kids who started in the quarterfinals last year against Old Rochester – that's a lot of varsity experience coming back for the uh, vineyarders. But,
0: by the way, Resendiz, the,
1: <laughs> his older brother graduated.
0: J.P. Resendiz was the third gotcha. singles. He's a sophomore, should move up and play really well in singles this year.
1: So maybe they can you know, take a point there, but right. I don't know if St. John Paul can win three of the five <laughs> spots when they play Martha's Vineyard or maybe even Sturgis West. Right.
0: So and then uh, to wrap up real quickly, uh, girls' golf match is very interesting. On Tuesday at four PM we have Nosset at Barnstable. These two teams were best collectively, mm-hmm. I think, on the Cape last year. And there's only so many schools that have girls golf. Yep. Barnstable twelve and two last year, Nosset was eleven and three, and they split during the regular season in head to head matchups, but mm-hmm. both sides lost a lot of talent with Barnstable, Megan Wiggins, and then uh Nosset's player Tori Sky. I think that's gonna be a huge loss, you know, for both of them. Um, but Barnstable does get Amelia Zink back, um, as they also get Kiara Kiar Nero, who's just coming off a really great mm-hmm. basketball season, and uh, Lila Thompson. So, a couple good players still there for Barnstable. Nosset's only starting returners, Tr- uh, Teresa Silvestri. Uh, and this is a team that graduated seven seniors, including uh, Helen Ganey, Corinne Monger, Ray Ganey, and Michelle uh, Pecorano. So, I mean, these were all starting players last year. Mm-hmm. So, It'll be really interesting to see how Nassik kind of reorganize and put together a, a, a decent season because they were really good last year.
1: Yeah, I remember talking to their coaches uh, for for a story on them last year, and that was really kind of a surprise for that program that they had been building towards that season for a few years. They went as far as they did, and now kind of where does the program grow from there? You know, talking to some of the players, they did say the amount of, of interest that that team's success seemed to be inspiring in underclassmen was – impressive so hopefully that means they can keep cycling up kids who want to play varsity golf but yeah i mean seniors make such a big difference especially on teams in sports like golf or tennis where you're only really playing five six seven kids basically so to lose that many that's a huge amount of turnover
0: Mm, absolutely so all right, I think I'll just about wrap it up. Uh, the sun is shining out, so it should hopefully at least start off with a good week of games today. Um, if you miss any of the live show, you can always listen back at uh, capecuttimes.com slash Now. You can also go to our Cape Cut Times Facebook page to listen to the show. Uh, you can download the podcast anywhere where podcasts are found. Um, follow us on Twitter. We'll have game updates and schedule updates. I'm personally on Twitter at Steve underscore That's last name is D e r d e r i a n.
1: I'm at Matt Goisman. That's M a t t G o i s m a n c c t. You can. Da- I don't know if rem- remember if we talked about this. You can download this episode and others through podcast apps through your iPhone, Apple, you know, Google products, uh, wherever podcasts are sold. Thanks a lot for watching. Happy April Fool's Day, and we'll see you again next week. Just going to run this
0: dog to see if we can find any